I um normally normally I would I would rag on you a little bit and be like Gavin, take it easy. It's a okay. movie, you know what I mean. But I will say I do agree with you here. Okay. AOA, that's a triple play. New episodes of Conway. Yeah. Open your mind at the first gate. Press play, no need to debate. AOA, check me out. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages? Welcome back to the AOA show. I'm your host, as always, Ian, along with my boys, Isaiah. Yo, yo, yo. And Gavin. What is Gucci Juice? <laughs> <laughs> and today we are here with another Monday movie review, this time Millennium Actress by the well-esteemed Satoshi Khan, um, co-written and directed by Satoshi Khan and produced by Madhouse, loosely based on the lives of actresses Setsuko Hara and Hidako Takamine. It tells the story of two documentary filmmakers investigating the life of a retired acting legend as she tells them the story of her life the difference between reality and cinema becomes blurred so that's essentially the plot without going too far into it um in terms of how it did um in america uh it commercially the film performed modestly in the u.s releasing uh, release earning 18 thousand seven hundred and thirty two dollars on its opening weekend and thirty seven thousand two hundred eighty five during its full three week release the film was shown almost exclusively in new york and los angeles and received a minimal advertising campaign from go fish uh, pictures a division of dreamworks skg um, but it, get, it got a critics rating of 93% on Rotten Tomatoes and was received pretty well by critics, you know, just like globally. So we're here to talk about it today and our thoughts on the film. Remember, if you guys enjoy the content today that you are liking this video, subscribing to the channel, hitting that notification bell, sharing with your friends and commenting your thoughts down below. What did you think of our discussion? What did you think of this movie? Or if you haven't seen it yet, are you more inclined to do so after listening to said discussion? We want to know all of those thoughts in the comments down below and make sure you guys are referring to our description where you can find links to our discord our merch our patreon our social media and our spotify as well but anyway hopping right into our thoughts on the movie so i'm actually curious to hear your thoughts isaiah because before recording uh you said that this was your favorite movie out of the satoshi khan movies that we have seen and i was curious as to why um I, so i like this movie i think the most because it's like kind of at least for me a toss-up between this and paprika um you know, I wasn't really a fan of Perfect Blue. Um, and so obviously he, uh, Satoshi Khan, has this whole, uh, like, blending reality with, like, you yes. know, fantasy. Like, that's the shtick of, you know, thematically at least of all these movies. Um, but I feel like of those three, this is the only one that I would ever watch again. Like, this is the only one that okay. I might come back to. Um, you know, like I said, I wouldn't go back to Perfect Blue just because I didn't really fuck with it. Um, and even as great as Paprika was, like, I don't see myself, like, going back to put on Paprika. Um, like, I only watched that because we had to. Like, if, if it was on, maybe, right, and somebody was like, oh, I'm watching Paprika. I'm like, all right, I'll sit down. And, like, I remember this. Um, this is a movie that, like, every couple of years I might put on, like, just to come back to. Because I think, like, the message about it, and I don't know if it's just because, like, being, you know, in the YouTube space, like, being a content creator, like, this idea and this message of, like, what is art and what is the connection between an artist and and a viewer and like you know the people who create con uh, you know content versus people who view it um you know just like really hit with me it was really like i i was just it's i think it also does in this movie at least he handles the whole like you know 
uh, fantasy blending in with the real life stuff the best. Like I feel like in, you know, again, personally for Perfect Blue, it was like a little bit over the top and like unnecessary, at least like I felt certain parts were. And Paprika, like it was there. It needed to be because that movie is literally about dreams, like actually blending into reality. Um, But I feel like toning that down a bit in this one, like gives it a better, like lets you focus in on the movie a little bit more, which like I you know, thinking about that outside of, you know, all the crazy shit that, like, you get to see was my favorite thing. I I think, like, you know, it's funny that, like, a lot of his movies center around, like, all right, well, what if we, like, sort of turn the dial up to 11 when it comes to, like, what you're looking at and what, what what you're perceiving? But I actually think, like, the grounded story here of, like, an actress sort of going, telling the tales of her life through the, the work she's done and the roles she's done and, like, you sort of, again, thinking about, like, what it really means, like, what that relationship means between, like, people who create art and and the art itself and people who view that, you know what I mean, that three-way, like, street. Um, Like, just telling that story, like, I think was done really well. Okay, fair enough. Gavin, you had uh, a couple different thoughts on the movie, at least before recording. You said that this one was not one of your favorites uh, from Satoshi Khan. So why, for you, was this not one of your favorites? So it's weird because I agree with Isaiah with some parts, but most mostly it's only when he's talking about Perfect Blue. Like for me personally, Paprika is just number one, like out of his work. And then I would put uh, Millennial Actress as number two in Perfect Blue, number three. Um, it's weird. It's almost for like the opposite reasons. Like for what I got from Paprika, I liked the just cluster mess of just what happened. And then you putting it together, figuring it out for me. I just love that show. This one, I thought it was good. Uh Millennial actress, I should say the name. I thought it was good. However, millennium, by millennium. the way, I just wanted to put that it's out there. Yeah, 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 millennium. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, well, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> millennial fits better. The millennial actress. Millennium. Millennium. That makes yeah, more yeah. sense. Um, like the Millennium Falcon. Sorry, you don't know. Go ahead. I actually don't know. But um, what was it saying? I personally found the movie to be very mid and like. Not that I haven't seen it before, but I more didn't like her reasons for not why she loved him, but more or less staked the rest of her life in that journey that she was pursuing. Because honestly, let's be real. She had one interaction with the with the guy. And like, even then it was very like rushed and brought like it was supposed to be. And just from that one interaction, it was like, all right, I'm locked down for life. And I'm like, all right, I can see maybe three years tops. Maybe <laughs> I'd give that a solid. Like, my, my homegirl's, like, 70 years old, dude, and she just got another bone from the fuck. oh, I didn't say it, but um, from the key, and, you know, it was, like, revamped. So, it was weird how when they finally aged the prog- the progression in her life, when she was about to be married with that other director, who was also kind of a sleazebag, in my opinion, and then the key was then reintroduced, and then, like, it threw off that whole dynamic of her being married. She's like, oh, I gotta go find him again, like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, girl, you are literally married. I'm pretty sure she was married at that point, like... You, you got to really realize when there's a time where you have to let go. I think that was the biggest, my takeaway from this is knowing when to let go and move on and don't let it just eat up the rest of your life because she literally got a job to put her name out there for the slight chance that this guy would see her and recognize her and then go back to her to pursue her in a way. Like that was the reasoning that she says and why she became an actress. She didn't really like the job. She didn't care for it, but it was a slight chance that she might find this random guy who she's already only run into twice in her entire life for maybe 10 seconds tops. Like I get what you're going for, (laughs) but I can't connect to that. Sure. And I don't, I don't know if like you guys were able to in some way, like I can see why she would do it. But for me, I don't picture a normal person, I guess by my standards of normal 
being able to withhold for that long for someone that they met for such a short amount of time. If you maybe had them spend a night together or like a mid afternoon, a couple hours, maybe, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but 10 seconds on the fly running from the cops. I don't know what bells and whistles are screaming. <laughs> I'm going to follow like pursuit the rest of my life for this person. But for me, I'm like, you need to like chill and like reevaluate yourself. And that's what kind of just initially disconnected me from it. Like give her a little bit more time with them and then maybe you can sell it to me. But just that whole idea, it was, it was a hard pitch. Sure. But, sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, um, normally, normally I would, I would rag on you a little bit and be like, Gavin, take it easy. It's a okay. movie. You know what I mean? But I will say, I do agree with you here. Okay. Um, personally, and I totally understand why, uh, she makes the decisions she does and to like drum up the whole movie experience, right? You get things like this in all sorts of cultures and across all mediums. You got like your, your Cinderella type thing where yep. it's like, you can, you know, you got it. You have like three hours to make this dude fall in love with you or however long. And you get like, you get these type of things all the time. And there is, mm -hmm. I think a lot of the, maybe not the lesson, but the takeaway is the chase rather than the destination, mm -hmm. right? Where it's like, there's almost this semblance of that you know she's, like, you're holding on at first to the fact that it's like, oh, it's only a matter of time. Like, I can't wait until they meet. And then at least for me, it was like, okay, you realize like halfway through that it's like, she's never gonna meet this guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the whole thing. And just, you know, the lengths that she's willing to go and all of the kind of things that she's willing to do is inspiring, I guess, in a sense, depending on how you perceive it. Um, and so I can understand like thematically how it, how it is appealing to a lot of people. Um, I just was not one of those people. Uh, right. So like that, that sort of story, um, can be very inspiring, but it doesn't really enchant me as much as maybe, uh, your average viewer. And, you know, I, I'm, I guess you would agree obviously in this, in this scenario. Um, so like, I totally understand the reasons, but maybe I didn't, I didn't fully jive with it or like, I wasn't mm -hmm. like behind, I wasn't. I wasn't like behind her as much as like I've been in some other with some other protagonists mm -hmm. and even like f specifically female protagonists chasing love. Um, yeah, I for some reason I wasn't like super rooting for her to get it. Um, so that that was my that was my beef. I could kind of agree with you there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought the movie was all right. I think it's interesting because it is the antithesis to Perfect Blue, um, which is one that you guys were saying was a little bit lower on the on your spectrum for what Satoshi Khan movies that you preferred. Mm -hmm. um, but it is interesting because Perfect Blue delves into the film industry and the toxicity that mm -hmm. comes along with it. But it's cool because millennium actress takes um, a one, a, you know, 180 approach where it kind of delves into all the great things about, you know, Hollywood or, you know, about the film industry and stuff like that. And all the positives that come along with that, all the inspiration, like you were saying before, it's cool to see like the viewer slash creator contrast and like how, you know, she's affected so many lives and, you know, for the better, for the most part, at least in, in the confines of this movie. Um, so I thought, that was interesting. It was pretty cool. I do have to say Khan has like, and I think I've said this with Paprika, but he has a fantastic way of like blending scenes together with his shots mm -hmm. where it's like, I loved one of my favorite parts of this movie, which he does a similar thing in Paprika is that like, when she's going through all the movies yeah. and she's like, but then it's like, she'll fall, but then she falls and she's uh, like yep. in another role or like, you know, without going through the whole thing, mm -hmm. but he does that for like a good couple minutes. Mm -hmm. That was really cool to me. And I was like, it was, it was cool to see that again. Um, cause that was something he did so flawlessly in paprika as well. I mean, in perfect blue as well. He has this, you know, that's kind of his thing where it's like, he's blurring reality. I will say too, um, that unfortunately, I think a reason this movie might not have hit as hard for me uh, as compared to paprika, if we're comparing the two, um, is because unfortunately 
again, my perspective, he does this blurring, right? He does this blurring of the worlds, what's real, what's fake, etc. Um, I feel with Paprika, you have an inherent advantage in the sense that the premise of the movie it has to do with dreams, right? So knowing and not knowing um, is like really in question. You know, a lot of times it's like, oh, damn, like, is this a dream? You know, there's just some fantastical stuff going on, but it's like, you know, it's like I genuinely was puzzled a couple times as to what was real and what wasn't, uh, where I feel personally with this movie, I didn't really have that sense as much. And I think that was due to the fact, um, I can't remember his name real quick. Let me get to him, the cast here. Um, that, uh, Genya, the guy interviewing her was in so many scenes, um, within the films, within her films that like, that's what kind of like, I wish he wasn't in so many of them. Like for me, that's kind of what took it out where it's like, okay, this is like them living through the film, but like, it was pretty, I don't want to say easy. Like, I don't want to sound arrogant, but like I had a pretty clear distinction unless I was wrong. Who knows of like, what was movie and what was, you know what I'm saying? Like what was not. Um, but again, that was my, that's my mm -hmm. perspective, but I do like it though. Cause it has this like, for anyone who's seen, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge, like the, you know, the night before Christmas movies and stuff like that, where he gets visited by the three spirits and it's like, let's go through your life. And like, you see it from this, the third person view, like looking, peering in, sorry, on yourself. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool. I liked yeah. that a lot where it was like, they were recording it and it's like, she was in it. It was, it was, it was a cool thing, but I think it's, you know. it's more like, at least for me, what I got was when you're, when I was watching those scenes and like, I started to notice uh, you know, the guys that were doing the documentary, like ending up in like the, the scenes and like the memories, right. That she's like recalling, like the whole point is that she, like you as a viewer are no longer sure. Like you as a viewer can no longer trust her as like the narrative here because you're not sure how many of the, these things she's recalling as her own memories versus like roles that she's played in movies yeah. because like her mind is literally blending in two. So she's like, Oh yeah. And, and you guys were there and like, you know what I mean? Because yeah, like yeah. as the movie goes on, like that's the point they become more incorporated because like her mind as she's engaging with these two again is so on the fritz already of like, you know, because she's an, her being an actress, she's lived this long life of playing and, and being essentially parts of different lives that like in her old age, she can no longer accurately, accurately recall like what is, what are her own actual memories and what are memories from these roles or what are just different stories that don't actually have anything to do with her. But like, because of her, like there's this one trick, I guess that I know. Well, I say, I noticed I, in looking up reviews and stuff, I uh, heard people mention it where a lot of the, um, like the difference between using black and white and and color yes um is to like juxtapose the fact that like you know in your mind like the the more vivid memories you have are like the were supposed to be are the colored ones versus mm -hmm. the black and white ones which are like did this happen this way was it not like who was everybody you know what i mean like calling the question more and i i like that i like that i like telling this story that way one because i think it ties in well with her like her character arc i think like her the whole point of it at least for me is that like she is this woman who kind of has been like crippled by the ultimate like pursuit of art right like she has to find she has to obtain you know the art in like its best form or she has to create like the best version of art whatever that is into whatever fault that ends up you know, dishing back on her, whether it's like her failure to find a successful like relationship or lover or whatever. Um, but like, again, it sort of like parallels to me this idea that like, well, that's like what, you know, not, you know, generalizing here, but like, that's what like being an artist, that's what being an artist means 
in a sense, at least to me, and that's what being an artist meant to like Japanese filmmakers, right? When they were created, because I mean, again, a lot of the films like that she goes through are like literal, you know, uh, callbacks and references to actual different Japanese movies. Um, so like, I don't know, I, I got this, this whole sense that like, you're just watching, like it's like, it's the tragic story, right? Like you're watching her go, re recall these different events and, and all these things, but like also slowly watching her break down under this, the fact that like as many movies as she's done, as many, uh, you know, projects as she's endured, what, you know, whatever, um, you know, she has, all, this is all she has, right? Are these stories and like to watch those things sort of blend and blur together. Like, I don't know, it was really cool to, I mean, you know, it was, it was Intriguing to watch. Yeah, that's interesting. Gavin, you looked huh. like you had something to say. No, I was kind of confused because I didn't think... Oh, my bad. I was kind of confused because I didn't think that she actually was or had a memory loss issue. Like, for me, I thought it was she was recanting, like, her old memories, and they just happened, and she was telling them in the format of her lifetime, like, on a timetable scale. So, like, as she got older, it was, like kind of jumping into the scenes of the roles that she was playing, but they also just happened to be similar roles that were parallels, like direct parallels to what she was going through in life. Like, I didn't... Well, I think that the point is that she's supposed to... Like, she's she is not, like, visibly gonna, like, be like, oh, I'm... Like, this is what I think happened. Or, wait, was it that... Right? Like, you're not gonna get signs of, like, oh, she's not remembering these stories correctly, or she's kind of blurring, you know... Uh, like the acting, you know, whatever with the, like the movies with reality, but like through watching them, right through starting to see people like the people who were making the documentary in these memories who clearly aren't actually supposed to be there. If that's mm -hmm. a actual retelling, or again, like I was saying, like through the way that they use black and white and color to juxtapose different memories and scenes and movies, like you as a viewer, you know, it, it hints to you that like, Maybe, you know, maybe what you're seeing now and what she's saying are not, like, one in one. They're not the same thing. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Because, like, for me, I know, like, they're in there, obviously, because I feel like that's just the way to tell the story. Like, to have their physical presence still be there as she is physically telling it to them in real life and quite literally acting out as she's telling the stories. But, like, them being in that scene is, like, again, almost what Ian said, the physical representation of, like, they're there, this is, like, alternate to what is being told. Like, this is the alternate reality. But, like, in a sense, it's still important that they're there because, like, that one guy, Genya, he was physically a part of her, like, not a part of her, but in that same studio when they created movies. So, like, he has that already, like, direct tie. And, like, for the admiration that he has with her, like, just the fact that she's willing to tell these stories, it's, like, it's almost like him reliving it like through her telling it so it's almost like for me like it made it that was actually a positive in my book having him in there for the amount that he respected her and like wanted what more or less loved her in a sense but didn't verbally say it but like I don't know for me I liked seeing the joy of, out of him being able to live through live through these memories by having his idol physically tell them but like I don't know at least I didn't get the thought for me I thought everything flowed naturally and didn't seem like I had to question her I shouldn't say sanity, but I guess her memory with the issues. Because obviously, everybody's memory goes down to crap through time. Like, no, it doesn't matter what age you are. I'm 20. I can't remember anything when I was 10 years old. I can barely remember what I ate yesterday, you know? Like, that naturally is going to happen. So with that, the memories that she had playing movies, which happened to be similar roles that she went through during her own life in terms of finding love, that was, like, the medium that was chosen from, like, the director to portray her emotions with these characters, but I didn't take it as, like, a memory fault thing. Like, I just thought that was, like, a more natural way to blend her backgrounds and, like, her experiences with the scene. 
I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm honestly not trying to stand on any hill. I just I didn't get a memory loss thing from her. I don't know if you feel differently on it. Like, yeah, no. I thought she seemed pretty okay with the memories. Yeah, I, I, but I don't know. I thought she seemed fine. I guess with it. I, I gotta yeah. say though, I just feel bad for my boy Genya. I don't know if anyone mirrors the sentiment, but it was like because he clearly got the shit liked out of the her, stick. <laughs> and it was like it was so sad because it was like she's running after this figure, this elusive figure, and he's running after her, but she'll never. You know what I mean? Like, she'll never stop. Or when she does and he catches her, she starts running again. Yeah. It was, like, sad. And it was, like, okay, I get, like, you know, just because Genya likes her doesn't mean she's obligated to like him back or that they have to get married or whatever. But it was just, like, damn, bro. <laughs> but the you know? cool thing is he actually realizes that, though, that he'll never be. Like, that's the distinction between them is she hasn't given up and went, like, literally just tailored her whole life following this mission. And he almost came to an understanding where it's like, this is how it's going to be. This is my life. I'm just going to live on with it, yeah. but I'm still going to be a little fanboy in the corner about it, you know? Sure. And it's like, that didn't affect his life. I would think in the grand scheme of things. Do you think one, do you think one of those perspectives is more commendable than the other? Or do you think it's equal or like, what are your thoughts on that? You don't have to think one's better, but I was just curious. So that's, that's really what's in question. And for me, you know, obviously if you love someone that much, you're going to want to go to the ends of the world with them. And that I agree a hundred percent. However, my contention with that is you don't get that feeling off of a literal initial greeting meeting, not even she didn't even know his name. Like, you don't, for me, those feelings don't come just after first sight. Like, I don't think, like, love, like, people say, like, oh, love at first sight. I get that, but it's like, you still need to have a conversation. Otherwise, then people, literally, you'd go on Tinder or whatever, and then you don't even have to have a conversation. You're like, all right, we're getting married, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. that's the thing. I feel like you need to have that interaction, and then when you have those feelings, you are willing to go to the end of the earth with him. Sure. She didn't know his name, didn't know where he lived, anything about him. No, she didn't really even know what his face looked like, you know? So I'm like, you, you, I, I respect what you're doing. Just have the emotional connection there to follow through with it. So yeah, yeah. I don't oppose I the idea. Like, I just wish they gave me a bone on it. I feel like, again, it's like she, like her thing is that she wants like this. She wants to be like the perfect artist. Right. And she wants to do every, she wants to obtain this, this image and this idea of that. And to her, that's what that guy was. Right. It didn't even matter like who he, what isn't it? Like to her, he was like, her ideal image of an artist of what a true artist like should be. And that's why she was willing to go to the ends of the earth to, you know, to get to know him or find him or whatever. It didn't like, I, I think she was confusing like love or at least like what the more genuine idea of love is um, with this passion, with her passion for her craft and her passion for her, her career and what she wanted to do. And I think that that's not like an unfamiliar feeling. You know, I know, I know, I know people and I know stories of people who, you know, have like have had similar mindsets. And I think it's it's not really like I don't think it's commendable in the sense that like you shouldn't ever really be so obsessed with your work or craft or whatever that you start to blend like a person with said thing because like people are not what they do. Um, but yeah, I think that's what, like, I think it wasn't like, oh, I'm in love with this guy. I'm obsessed with him. Like, it's like, I'm in love with this guy because he, to me, he represents the perfect artist and I, and I want to be that. Okay. Interesting. That's an interesting perspective actually. Cause I didn't think of it from there, but it, it makes sense. I guess my, I guess the only thing for me that would be, would be hard to explain is her, is her readiness 
uh, for dying, but not because it's like, okay, well, she does say, you know, like I lived a good life, all that kind of stuff. But also with the added fact that it's like, now I get to chase him in the afterlife type thing. Well, even why she so what left do you think what's to that? begin with. Like, well, you know, she left the industry, like after she found out there was a chance he might be alive and was like, nah, and like, stop making movies after that. Like that mm-hmm. was her cutoff. So like, that's, that's like that conflicting idea where it's, if she was really looking to like up to him for that thought, like she wouldn't have stopped in the end. Like it wouldn't have mattered at that point in her life, whether he was alive or not. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That's like my one conflicting thought. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like the, uh, love's a tricky thing, yeah. you know? And it's like, I, um, just because we ourselves haven't experienced something, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, who's to say that genuinely she hadn't fallen in love with this dude? Like, you know, whether you believe it's it's foolhardy, naive, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it's like there's different there's different kinds of love in that, you know, in that way. Um, not that I'm any expert or guru, but it's like there's like there's like that kind of love where it's like that that emotional rush where it's like first sight type thing where it's like, I'm ready to do anything, you know, like I'm like, I'm not, I'm going to lose myself. But then there's also a kind of love that I feel comes with maybe more maturity, uh, maybe realizing, you know, through a couple relationships, like what works, what doesn't, et cetera. I think it works differently for all people, but it's like a love that's built, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And like you lay a brick at a time and it's like through those conversations, like you had said, through your shared life experiences, through your shared pain and suffering, through, you know, all of those kind of things, it, like, builds this foundation of love where it's, like, not just this completely visceral feeling. It's, like, no, like, I know my, like, my bot, my heart and my mind are in, you know, in, in, in uh, harmony here rather than just, like, my heart or, you know, my mind, like, taking over. Um, so, yeah, I think it's an interesting thing. And, again, no guru here. I just, I, I don't know, I thought it was cool. kind of feel like, like it's not supposed to make sense. Yeah. Like, again, like, you know, to beat a dead horse here, but, like, <laughs> with her character arc for me, like, this woman who is, who is chasing, uh, you know, this thing that she wants that like by definition is supposed to be up to unobtainable. She's never going to get it. Right? Sure. She's never going to get there. She's never going to get to the point where she meets this guy and they madly fall in love and make beautiful art forever. And, yeah, and yeah. like whatever um, that like, that's the point is that like once we break down, once she gets down to this stage of her life, like she's not making decisions that make sense because she, she can't right. Yeah. If to be somebody that is so again, consumed by, this craft or at the very least the idea of like what a person could be at its height. Like you, she's not going to be like your normal person or she's not going like we, I don't think like we should be able to rationalize her decisions because they're not rational decisions. They're decisions that one makes, you know, again, I assume when you're in like that crux, when you're at that moment where you're like, this has been my whole life. This is what I want. I I can't just like, I can't just stop. I can't just, you know, give up. Mm. Um, and like, again, whether that's like to a fault or whether that's, you know, uh, what, like that's, that is, that's her, that is her. Yeah. Yeah. No, no I actually, and I have a little bit to add because I have an idea where if, if you are correct in terms of, you know, the whole reason why this has happened was for her to like become more emotionally connected with her work or something like that. I feel like a cool route that they could have went, or I would like to see a movie like this would be in the same sort of sense. The same story that we were given, however, that guy there, like the person who gives her the key, actually physically never existed. And it was a manifestation in her mind where to connect with the character. So actors do this all the time where when they're playing a certain role, they want to get 
into that character's mindset as close to like physical reality as possible. Because method acting? Method acting. And I feel like it would be cool if they had that like method acting. But for her, since she's doing so many romantic movies, she literally culminates this whole like image that this has happened in her life when it really didn't. And it comes to the point where she took it so seriously in her roles that it made her think that was reality and this person existed. So it was literally like she was chasing a ghost and that never happened. Like, I didn't get, if that was the vibe of this movie, I lost it. But like, I feel like you could do some really cool stuff with that like mindset in terms of like interpreting it correctly, especially with his style that he does directing wise. I feel like he could do a really cool like display with that. Interesting. That's a cool perspective as well. Anyway, let's get into some final thoughts. Um, What we'd rate it, what we recommend people watch it. And if we do, are there any stipulations to that recommendation? Isaiah, how about you start us off? Um, I would definitely recommend you watch this. Uh, I would say I don't, I'm pretty sure, like, in the order of movies that have come out, it's Perfect Blue, Paprika, and then this, right? This was the latest one. Uh, this one was 2001, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, this I'm one's sure 2001, that. and then... Oh, no, because I think Paprika's, like, 2008 or some shit. Was it? 2006. 2006. Paprika's 2006. Um, so Paprika would be the last one. I'm pretty one. sure Perfect Blue um, for, yeah, 19 I don't know. I, I, I guess what I was getting at is, like, I recommend watching all three of these movies at some point because I think... Let's put it this way. I didn't know that these two, that this movie and Paprika existed when we watched Perfect Blue. So I kind of thought that was like a one and done deal with this guy. Um, and at that point, I was like, like, don't even like. I kind of feel like it's a waste of time. But again, like I think we we said this about a previous movie. Like in comparison, because thematically he uses like a lot of the same beats. Um, it's interesting to see like where he he ends up in this movie. I, at least I think um, because again, like this. It kind of feels like it, it feels like an homage to movie making and like you know directing and and just like people who love film. Yes, but in his style, like mm-hmm. telling that telling that story the way uh, Sakoshi Khan would have told the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know, like I'm not I'm not like a real big Sakoshi Khan Satoshi right Satoshi Khan fan. Um, but I think like telling this story and telling these stories in like I have to give him credit that like this man has a very specific style and he has a very specific like direction and idea. And I think in this movie, when we're talking, you know, when he's talking so much about film and, and you know, actors and, and, and like, you know, blending their thoughts between like role and, and reality and stuff like watching him again tell the story in his style I don't know. There's such a clear message, but there's such a clear love for films and there's such a clear love for filmmaking. And, and like now looking back, I see that in um, Paprika and I see it in Perfect Blue. Um, and I, I think it's like there's there's content in here and there's a story in here worth listening to. And whether, again, you watch it once, you watch them, you know, you fall in love with one of them in particular and watch it more. I think, like I said, th- of all those three movies of his that we've watched, this is one that like I could see myself putting on like every couple of years and just rewatching. Cause I think the messaging here, um, you know, about like whether you're somebody who like wants to make films or, uh, you know, just, you are an f- avid film fan and like watching movies. Um, I think there's a message in here, like that's worth your time. Um, I'd probably give it a seven, Okay. Seven out of ten. Sounds good. Gavin, what do you got? Okay, so I mirror pretty much every point that you've made um, against Satoshi Khan. Like, 
style, just for his style alone, I say it's worth watching it. And that's not even getting into the story itself. Just from the cuts, the way he transitions the slides, literally everything to the art style, like it blends so perfectly. You really can't ask for anything else. And like, honestly, I also like the, just the perspective differences and how everybody gets a different opinion from just through interpretation. And even Paprika, like a lot of his movies, you might not get a definite, you know, answer or response, or you might, you're like, you're, you're going to get a different opinion every time you watch his like movies. And that's what I like about it. I can literally rewatch millennium actress probably right now, come out of it, thinking it through Isaiah's lenses and having a completely different mindset on it. Same thing with paprika. I can rewatch it. And it's just like, that is what I like about it is it's always changing and evolving and nothing is ever solidified. And he put the time and effort to make it in that way on purpose and like really just go all balls out crazy with his abstract viewpoint on what it should be composed of. And I have a lot of respect for it. I would give this movie probably a six out of 10. I really thought the plot was mid. However, aside from that, um, the soundtrack OST amazing fire, of course, you know, definitely worth a watch. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One thing I'd like to highlight, uh, the soundtrack oh, fire. Is fire. It's uh, Susa Mihirasawa, for anyone who isn't familiar. I mean, he does the songs in Paprika as well. I think there might be Perfect Blue. I, I actually don't know on that one. Um, but then, obviously, then Berserk Adaptation 1997 as well. And, like, this guy, Susa Mihirasawa, is just... I love this guy's music just in general. So, like, if you want... If you... If you that vibe fits you, then yeah, definitely that's a, a plus for this. Uh, but yeah, I mirror a lot of the points of these guys. I don't want to sound like a broken record. Um, I don't think it was his best film personally out of the ones that I've seen, um, but it was good. It's only an hour and a half. So I mean, like you should probably just watch it on that principle. You know, if you want to get, you know, all, all of the knowledge possible, because unfortunately Satoshi Khan has, has passed on, you know, like he, he's not making more movies. Um, so it's cool to be able to get that incredible director and creator's perspective and his way of filmmaking when, you know, we're in a world of just so many uh, Hayao Miyazaki films and like, you know, all these things where it's like they're pumping these out and they're fantastic, but it's like, it's cool to see a little bit of a different perspective um, in Satoshi Khan. So I definitely recommend it for those reasons and for the reasons these guys have stated. Um, I'd probably give the film a six out of 10. Um where, you know, I think it's a little above your average. Um, we've been a little spoiled or, you know, depending on how perspective death taste cursed in the sense that we've watched so many films recently and we have more to go. Um, so it's it really takes a lot to, you know, hit that next rung. Um, but yeah, I do enjoy the film. I'd give it a six and I think you should definitely watch it. But anyway, those are our, fo are our thoughts <laughs> on the films, uh, the film Millennium Actress by Satoshi Khan. Again, let us know what you think in the comments down below. If you've seen the movie, if you have uh, similar opinions, if you have different opinions, if any of our opinions have swayed your mind on any particular topic or subject, let us know all of those thoughts down below. Make sure you guys are liking, subscribing, hitting the notification bell, referring to the description where we have all of our links but until next time thank you so much for listening thank you so much for watching we will catch you on the flip peace peace, peace.
Ninjas are samurais, blaze of the cool knives. Find me in the leaf of the cloud, screaming out Bankai. We just some ghouls though, who like seeing parts fly.